Hey guys, this is Joe. How is it that all these stupid Neanderthal Mafia guys can be so good at crime and smart guys like us can suck so bad at it? What's up, guys? It's Eric. There was nothing wrong with it until I was about 12 years old and that no-talent ass clown became famous and started winning Grammys. From Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Comes the movie, Your Boss. Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> Doesn't want you to see. Humans were not meant to sit in little cubicles. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over them. It might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Office Space, rated R. On February 19th, work sucks only in theaters. You're listening to Worth the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Work's getting a little crazy, just busy, but that's a good problem to have. Yep. No, yeah, same with me. As I was telling you before we record, I have a couple. So my class is usually a class for me would last like 45 minutes. And then I get a nice little break, like maybe like sometimes five minutes, 10 minutes, sometimes even, you know, 20 minutes. But I started with this. We, we now work with college classes and those classes last an hour and a half. And it's just me speaking for 90 whole minutes. And man, my throat, my, you might hear it now. It's a little raspy. I have like Tina and everything, but it does a, does a roll a toll in your voice for sure. <laughs> I I I was I was also saying this before we started recording, but when I do around this time of year every year, I do um, two days of presenting, and it's it's like I know what you mean because you get to that spot where you're like, does anybody have a question? And you want someone to ask a question just because you want someone to talk for three seconds just so you don't have to talk. Yeah, no, it it is brutal. It is brutal. Absolutely accurate. Pretty much me today. Please, I questions questions and i'll purposely sit there for like three seconds five seconds just so i can clear my throat while i know no one's questions but i just sit yep. there in silence because you know yep oh i give them i'll I, yeah i'll give them like a i'll be like all right uh you get we're gonna do this um take uh 10 minutes and in it knowing in my head i'm like this is a 30 second exercise you guys can <laughs> finish it and stare at your computer for 10 <laughs> minutes because i've been talking for three hours so yeah i get it you've been watching anything good or I, so I haven't really been watching anything. I I just got um, Saving Private Ryan and the 4K Blu-ray, so I have that. I'm gonna watch that tomorrow. But I've been playing a lot of uh, Division lately, actually. Tom Clancy's okay. Division. It's a game, so I've been putting a lot of time towards that. And of course, the occasional like Friends or Seinfeld or Office um, at night, but nothing yep. new. I Pie was my last success story. <laughs> My last success story was I just finished today or last night. I finished uh, Jack Ryan season two. Yes. I loved it. The only thing I, I didn't like, and, and this is a compliment, is that I wish that the seasons were more than eight episodes. I feel like the plot is like you, you could get you could make more than eight episodes out of it. But I mean, that's a compliment to the show. Like I said, I, I like it a lot. Um, Those and characters then, get so good, don't they? Like the yeah, like oh, yeah. three of them, like the, the the three of them are just so good, bouncing off each other the entire time. I liked season one better, but I but I still liked season two. It's not even it, I still really liked it. It's not a knock on season two. I think I just prefer season one, but they're both great, and I can't wait for season three whenever that comes out, like 2027 at this point. But um, I was gonna, another, uh, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. I was going to ask you because you talked about coming to America. Um, 
recently? Did you see a new one yet on Amazon? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I'm going to though. Uh, what happened was Brie Brie has seen the first one, and she remembers liking it, but she hasn't seen it in a long time. And the other day, it was on TV, and we watched. We we ended up watching like five minutes of it, and then I stopped. I was like, no, 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 no. We're watching this like the whole movie, unedited. Like we're not watching the whatever channel it was version. I was like, we'll watch that, and then we'll watch the the sequel like so i'm hoping to get that done soon um another thing i watched and really enjoyed even more than i thought i was going to was uh i watched that biggie documentary on netflix i got a story to tell that's what it's called have you heard heard of it it. no oh it's so if you're even like a little bit of a hip-hop fan or a biggie fan um i really recommend it or if you just like stories about like kids or people coming up from not the greatest environment but having a great family or in his case a great mother um that's what i liked about it i was kind of i heard it was good but i i didn't really want to watch a documentary if the whole thing was about like going to be about him like touring the world and when he already made it but it was really about like the environment he grew up in how he was discovered all that stuff and it has a ton of cool footage of of that stuff and it's like an hour and a half or something it's not too long so i i i thought it was great i i thought i would like it but i liked it more than i thought i would oh awesome i'll have to look into that yeah i'm i know like you know i know who i'm kind of familiar with, with hip-hop not probably as much as you are but from a little familiar with biggie but i love stuff like that where they have like old archival footage of like the like underground stuff that's what you're yeah. talking about that's yep. super cool and they, they have all these they have like a few different people like obviously like puff puff daddy's one of them but or whatever he's called now but um he they have all these i love i love um people telling the story of whether it's like an athlete or a musician or whatever like the first time they heard someone or saw them play or whatever and they were like blown away by it so there's 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 a few stories of people who are like yeah i walked in this room and then this kid's rapping and i was like what the is this kid on so now was yeah definitely recommend it if you're into if you're into hip hop or if you're into documentaries, just biographies in general, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool watch. But um, speaking of rap, the movie we're talking about today has a decent, amount of, rap, yes. a decent amount of rap on the soundtrack. But um, what are we going to be watching today, Joe? So talking about we are going with Office Space, the Mike Judge classic. And it's crazy how much of a classic this movie is compared to the uh the box office we'll be discussing in a second because it was not impressive in the box office yes no definitely um we're gonna be yeah like joe said we're gonna be talking about office base i found it's one of the best beer pairings that we've we've found yet um it's called we're gonna need you to come in on saturday and we'll share the picture on instagram so check out our instagram i will share a picture of the can but we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. Scotch Ale from Exhibit A Brewing in Framingham. They actually, same brewery, provided the briefcase porter for Clue and another beer or two on the podcast. So great local brewery. Check them out if you can, if you have access to it. Exhibit A Brewing in Framingham, Mass. Um, the the beer is very good. It is like, I don't have the can on me. I think it's like 8% um, or so alcohol. So it's, uh, you know, go easy on it. But I'm really enjoying it. So And I, and I, honest, I don't drink a ton of Scotch Ales. So I was like, oh, I don't know how much I like this, but I really like it. It's delicious. So, so we, um, didn't get, we didn't get to talk about this when you revealed the pick, but I'm curious, 
why did you pick office space is this like a like you're not in the five years getting sick of it you just wanted to break some shit or (laughs) no no it was actually it was meant to be so um i've been on an 80s run for a while with my movies i was trying to stack up we had too many 90s movies and i was like i gotta try to even it out i still haven't and i'm still gonna probably try to do more 80s movies than 90s movies but i needed to pick a 90s one because i hadn't in a while and last week I remember I was uh, walking downstairs. I had Pandora on. I listen to Pandora like all the time. And uh, Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster came on Pandora. And I was like, I fucking love this song. And you can't hear that song and not think of this movie if once you've seen the movie. And then the same day, I went to RMA to get beer, unofficial sponsor of the podcast, and saw this beer. And I was like, I have to, I have to do that movie. Like, wow, that has to be my next. That's my 90s pick. Because I was trying to think of a, a pick for a while and i actually had another one that i'll probably be my next 90s pick that was also very good but once i saw this i was like yep it's just meant to be we're doing office space so um what's your memory of office space honestly i don't remember seeing this movie the first time i know i saw when i was younger and it must have been around the movie scene days because mike judging his humor i'm sure never got when i was younger so this must have started you know i must have seen this around high school for the first time maybe even a little earlier but it wasn't when it first came out it was pretty late yeah i i'm same i also didn't see this in theaters and i think once you talk about the box office numbers it was quite a few people who didn't see yeah i don't think many people saw it but i i think i probably saw it a few years after that towards the end of high school for me um i remember liking it and i and i quoted it a ton but this movie definitely it definitely hits different after you've been like living adult life and uh, for a while and, and, you know, just everything from like the rush hour traffic commute to the workplace interactions and relationships, everything, Uh, you know, I know this job that they have, I've had this job that they have, and it's just, it's super relatable. So um, speaking of who did or didn't see it and how it did financially, do you have any stats as far as that stuff goes? So it came out on, February 19th, 1999, with a budget of $10 million, making $12.2 million in the box office. But we all know how much bigger this film got. It was written and directed by Mike Judge, based on the animated series called Milton, that Mike Judge also created and lent his voice talents to. Um, and it, Mike Judge's career has been insane. From Boots and Butthead, King of the Hill, to Silicon Valley, Idiocracy, Extract, uh, and a ton of more. He's even helped with, like, you know, contributed to SNL, and he's just, he's just insane. Quite the yeah. career in both movies and TV. Yep. Yeah. No, and and I have a. I was gonna put this in my in the like fun facts section, but since we're talking about finance, I I took this down. After poor box office performance, the movie gained cult status on video. Mike Judge has said that more people talk to him about this movie than any project he has ever worked on. Judge was offered a chance to make a sequel, Office Space 2, still renting. Judge said that because he had been through enough anguish over the first one, he didn't want to put himself through the experience again. And and financially, this was, at least uh, you know, at the box office, it was a failure. But this is as much of a cult classic and as as you can get. It's oh, it, definitely. Yeah. An extract. Yeah. So this extract was supposed to be in mind a spiritual successor originally as like a sequel to office space, but the came out first, which is 
I don't know if you've seen that, but it's I have, yeah. It's kind of in line with this Morrison yeah. and an extract, but it's funny how he's made three like workplace comedies that are all relatable in their own ways. Well, if you look into his background, he he was like a um I think he got his he's a degree in like science or something like that. And uh or physics, I think. And so he worked like this job that they feature in the movie, he worked that job or a job like it. So he's very experienced in that sort of thing. So and he's also a super smart guy. Yes, I, yeah, he is. Have you seen Silicon Valley out of curiosity? I have not. Okay. And isn't that the is that the show with the guy who has I'm not gonna say his name, but he has my last name. Yes. Yes, yep. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I haven't seen it, but it's been recommended to me for that reason and because i've heard it's a really good show not just really good. for that reason so um so financially at least the box office it didn't do too well but it was received or it's remembered pretty well at least uh, office space was so 7.3 out of 10 on imdb 80 percent on rotten tomatoes ebert gave it three stars and i have a quote from his uh review office cubicles are cells supervisors are the wardens and modern management theory is skewed to employ as many managers and as few workers as possible. So, um, which most people ha- can relate to, maybe not with your current job, hopefully not with your current job, but everyone's worked a job like that. So, and I think that's that's the genius of this movie. And I and I can see how this movie didn't do well in box office in the box office because watching the trailer, I mean, watching the trailer now after you've seen it, it's you crack up, but. If you put yourself in 1999, you're like, okay, there's Jennifer Aniston. That's, you know, that's Rachel from Friends, but she's still Rachel to you. She's, she'll always be Rachel to some people. Um, and there's no other, like Ron Livingston was known, but he wasn't a superstar. And the reason it didn't probably do well in theaters is kind of the reason it is a, like long-term great because it's, there's no one big scene or, or, or you know line that's great it's the whole movie it's kind of, it's like the office the tv show yeah you know so yeah just super relatable and, and and you know classic so other things that were going on at that time in the world like you said it was february of 99 so that month in film eight millimeter blast from the past my favorite martian payback with mel gibson message in a bottle october sky and then one documentary that i have to mention that probably no one listening to the podcast will care about or even know about is uh, the documentary choke about Hicks and Gracie. It's a huge in the uh, mixed martial arts world and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world. So and it really, it really is a great like sports documentary. So those are the only things going on in, or those are some of the things going on in the film world outside of film. I went to school for criminal justice. So one thing that happened that is huge in criminal justice and kind of unfortunately relevant um, with everything going on today is the Amadou Diallo incident in New York City where a, a black guy was was shot by police officers for really no reason but um, also some some more positive things well not positive really but um, less heavy things uh, Bill Clinton was acquitted in the Senate OJ Simpson's Heisman Trophy sells for 230,000 230,000 as part of his civil situation that he had going after uh, uh his trial so he got off criminally but civilly he got sued and that was part of it um and then eminem releases slim shady lp which 
that's one of the albums i don't i'm not a big eminem fan i i find him pretty obnoxious but that's one of the i remember that album like as part of my childhood because everyone was talking about it probably more than any other album of my youth at least but uh do you have a back of the dvd summary i do space so corporate drone peter gibbons hates his soul-killing job as software company in attack while undergoing hypnotherapy peter is left in a blissful state when his therapist dies in the middle of the session he refuses to work overtime plays games at his desk and unintentionally charms two consultants into putting him on the management fast track when peter's friends learn they're about to be downsized they hatch a revenge plot against the company inspired by Superman 3. I forgot about the Superman 3 thing. <laughs> I also forgot about um, when I was re-watching it and I was like, you know, taking down notes to talk about one thing that I was like, I for a second, I was like, that might be my, like, if I could change anything or, or just a question I had was I kind of lost the point of why the hypnotherapist had to die like I to get the point, but then they they circle back and they kind of point that out at the end that like he realized like kind of like life short, why are you taking stuff seriously? And I was like, okay, nope, that that's why I had to, that's why it happened. And then I told Joe before we started listening, but in this film, I I think one thing that's like fun. This is one of those movies where you have to play like the which guy am I? I am a hundred percent Michael Bolton. And my wife is Peter Gibbons before the hypnotherapist, like just like the worried about everything. So, um, yeah, it's super relatable. Do you have, did you, was there one person that you were like, I'm that guy? I mean, Michael Bone again, like he was a guy who knew what he was doing when it came to like putting the software out there. So, like he knew what he was doing, but he knew it was wrong, but he was persuaded, which is like me. And <laughs> I can be very, I can be very well persuaded. And yep. Just his attitude towards everything, like the printer, when he's when he has the error message, he's just like repeating it. Like the frustration yep. with technology. Like I feel that on a day-to-day basis with technology. I'm just so mad at it all the time. Well, if you feel that, Joe, imagine <laughs> how I how bad I feel it because I Joe and I don't work together. And sometimes I'll text Joe with like a random like, <laughs> Joe, how do I do this on a computer? How do and I'm not I'm not old, I don't think. I should it's stuff that I should know, but you know, what are you gonna do? Um some major cast members and directors and, and how they were doing going into the movie. You kind of talked about Mike judge. Um, he, and, and so I'll, you, you gave his, his kind of resume, but the only thing I will mention is he has a cameo as Joanna's boss at Chachkis. So I thought that was cool. I was like that sort of thing. Um, other than that, kind of the, the major cast here. So Ron Livingston, um, AKA Peter gets swingers in 96, another episode of the pod definitely check it out go back and and give it a listen um he also had body shots in 99 uh adaptation in 02 conjuring in 2013 band of brothers which i think um it might be his best work also was in, involved in uh, sex in the city standoff on fox he attended yale and graduated with anderson cooper which i was like yeah that stuff always blows my mind when two people who are you know, not that Ron Levinson's like the, you know, he's not. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> yeah, or he's a, yeah, he's not like an A-list celebrity right. anymore, or maybe he never was. But still, I think it's crazy that two people in such opposite, you know, careers could have attended. Yale too, like he's got some brains, clearly. There's a lot of people, I've, I've learned that, 
doing this and, and others, you know, podcasts they listen to, the more you learn about celebrities, the more you kind of think like, it's not an accident. Like they, they're not as lucky as we think they are. Like, you know, yeah, you need your big break and everything, but there are a ton of celebrities who before they were famous before, I used to think that celebrities went to Yale and went to Harvard or whatever after the fact when they were rich and the school just let them in. And the more you look into it, you're like, oh, that guy got into Yale or Harvard when he was out of high school and no one knew who he was. And so, yeah, it's probably, <clears throat> they're very smart people, work ethic, all that stuff. So um, another member of the crew that Joe and I are both fond of, we just said we, we relate most to him, David Herman, AKA Michael Bolton, original Bolton. cast member of uh, Mad TV. But other than that, he had some other stuff, but a lot of voice work on Bob's Burgers, uh, Brickleberry, Futurama, King of the Hill, and more. And and I was surprised. There's a couple of people, him and Samir, two people that I was like, I'm surprised that they didn't have more of a career because they were both hilarious. Um, but speaking of Samir, he's played by, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, AJ Nadu or Naidu, um, that's who plays Samir. Uh, not a lot of big roles, uh, and again, surprising because he's hilarious. Um, some TV work with MacGyver and other TV movies, film credits like uh, Where the River Runs Black, Vice Versa in the 80s, uh, Suburbia in 96, This, Office Space. He was also involved with K-Pax, Requiem for a Dream, Bad Santa, The Guru, and a few other ones. But I wouldn't his, like... What was his last movie? The last thing he was in. Ah, uh, you know what? I don't know. I'd have to take oh, okay, a quick no, I was curious because I, I know he's like that face where you like you you see him in movies, <laughs> but I don't know where the last time I saw him was. I feel like it was a recent film. If I, yeah, if you, I mean, even if you, he was, even if you look at his like Wikipedia or whatever, he doesn't even have like I don't even know if he doesn't have enough film or whatever, but he doesn't even have the traditional like filmography that a lot of other actors do because I don't think he has that many things, which. I wish he did because he, he was great. Yeah, he was really funny. And then lastly, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Ever ever heard of her? Um, she played Joanna, but before Office Space, she was office. She was involved in some show called Friends, also in Rockstar, The Good Girl, Along Came Polly, Marley and Me, Horrible Bosses. You know, probably one of the faces of the '90s, if not the face when it comes to actresses. So um, we'll talk later about her. I. Uh, I, I don't know. I have a theory on why she was involved. That's, and I should say this theory is based on nothing before we get into it later. But um, do you have anything written down for like random facts, the more you know stuff? I do have a couple of things, a few things. So um, actually, before I get into my first fact here, have you seen the animated series, the short that he did on uh, Milton? Milton? No, I have not. Okay. I've heard of it's, it before, but funny. never seen it. Yeah, I bet. So Milne was actually based on a former coworker that Mike Judge had worked with during his days as an engineer. One day, Judge went to the coworker and asked him how he was doing. The coworker began th uh, talking about how he was going to quit his job because he had been forced to move his desk around too many times, which is quite, which is like, that's such a, like an out there reason to be upset. But like, who the hell, like who would have that reason? Like I get the reason, but like the fact that that's even a problem to begin with is... It's ridiculous. I'll tell you this. I have worked a job where I got mad for that reason. And it wasn't so much that I was having to move. 
it was that other people weren't having to move because like, you know, certain jobs, if you, if you have your cubicle, you have, it's not just, you have your computer, your desk, but like you kind of like pin stuff up on the walls, stuff that you might need to have access to it, like, you know, just, you know, on the go. And so I noticed that I had moved, like, it's not, like I said, it's not who had moved because I had moved, a couple other people had moved, but there were these people who hadn't moved at all in that time. And you realize it was a total like squeaky wheel gets the grease sort of thing where they hadn't moved because they would throw a fit if they were asked to move. And I was like, I was like, I'm just easy. I just, they asked me to move, I move. And that, and it's, and that's what I get for it. But, but yeah, no, I can, I can understand that. I kind of wish we knew how many times too many times was in this case, but yeah, um, no, one of the promotions for this film invited people in certain cities to watch and participate in the bashing of office equipment. There was also an internet campaign that linked to a website where people could expose their bad bosses, which is always a cool thing. <laughs> no. That yeah, about Thankfully, some I bridges. Great, <laughs> I have I have a great boss now, but there I, there are jobs that I've had in the past that I wouldn't have minded. I would have taken that shot. And the last one I have is we kind of talk about it for a second. But the PC load letter scene was not scripted. David Herman or Michael Bowen had more lines to say to Ron Livingston, but he was interrupted by the photocopier jamming and didn't understand what the error message meant. So him reacting in that way and just pushing the button over and over again was all improvised, which that's was me. awesome. Yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a couple of the ones I had. I also had uh, the iconic red stapler coveted by Milton was created for the film by the prop department. They needed a bright enough color to be seen on film, so they chose red. After the film release, Swingline began to receive requests from customers for red staplers. Having, sto- uh, having stopped offering red staplers a year before, they made the decision to decide to start offering the color once more. So he ch- this movie changed the stapler industry. You don't say no to that. You don't say no to the staples. I can't imagine being those big hot sellers. So I know I it was like, when was the last time before this that you were asked for any stapler of any kind? Take <laughs> you make the red the stapler. That point. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the customer's always right. Um, and then last one I have is the studio wanted Matt Damon as Peter, but Mike Judge felt the role should not have quote star energy. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson auditions for the role of Lawrence, while Kate Hudson uh, was considered to play Joanna. So some. I don't know that any of those really would have worked. So I'm, I think I'm kind of glad that the cast. Yeah, it is. And Lawrence, I didn't, I didn't put anything down for Lawrence, but um, he is just one of those. So the actor's name is Diedrich uh, Bader. And he's just one of those faces of the nineties. He's been in a million different TV shows like the Drew. I think of him from the Drew Carey yeah, show. I think, yeah, I do too. But you know, he's, he's, one of those guys from the nineties where you're like, Oh, it's that guy. So was, um, he, in, was he in a home alone four? <laughs> no. I don't think I've, I haven't seen no, home. I alone haven't, 4, either. I haven't seen beyond three, but I'm pretty sure he's the, he one of the villains in it, but yeah. Well, times are, you know, he's not in his prime, but that's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, do you have anything written down for not this millennium stuff that was people would find offensive today? I mean, not really. This, uh, this movie satire is Mike judges humor, which we, we all kind of know, but at this point, so I, didn't find anything offensive in this. Um, I know you have one thing which does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and it, it, I totally agree with you. I didn't find anything offensive in this in this movie. The, the only thing that my ears perked up a little bit is when 
Peter's talking about how like one day he says something like one day I'm just going to come in and like da 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 and he does a machine gun um you know motion or in sound and doesn't bother me at all because it's a total joke but I can in today's world after all the shootings and whatever that would be something where you could see you know maybe being left on the editing room floor but like you said it's all satire this movie's hilarious it's nothing to be offended by in my opinion yeah i don't want to get into like politics but you know what's crazy with the pandemic and like controversies on about with the pandemic there hasn't been like it's scary to say but shootings really hasn't been as as consistently as they were at one point really hasn't like it just kind of got me thinking about that as you said that like i'm trying to think when the last one was in america well then you just got me thinking of something else to tie back to the beginning of the podcast one of the crazy things about jack ryan is without being without any spoilers there's stuff that's going on right now like um in, in season one there's some stuff that kind of involves like disease and possibly intentionally spreading disease and then in season two they cover some stuff where it's like the how politics i mean this is like any show like this but how politics are run by money and then how some decisions might be made that are cold and cost people their lives and whatever and i it that's another reason that show is great is is you you watch it and you're like wait when was this made because it almost feels like they're making it right now but yeah no you're right about you're about the shootings right and let's uh hope that streak keeps going because but um what did you have down for a favorite scene so favorite scene the entire opening is gold from being stuck in traffic and switching the lanes where the cars start to move only we suck in the new lane rinse and repeat and then meeting peter in his in his office life his boss gets a nice parking spot up front with his porsche and then we see peter walking from a much further distance peter finally gets seated at his desk where he hears the same shit from two different bosses talking about the same tiny problem that peter was already aware of i thought that was all just amazing and it's funny for my classes as i was saying earlier for my classes when talking about professionalism this is actually a clip where uh we played to a lot of our students talking about how peter handled the situation and from the two bosses to milton next to him with the radio on peter handled himself pretty well all things considered temper wise behavior wise so yeah so i don't like yeah i like how he didn't take it out on milton because it's kind of like he realizes like we're both stuck here man this right. sucks for both of us it's not your that's fault that's milton's small victory is the radio yep. from, the, yep. from that time frame that's his little victory and i think yep. peter's just like okay just accepts it yeah i agree with you i so i had a different scene written down but i loved the opening scene especially Michael Bolton rapping along to Scarface. <laughs> I know. And then he the door <laughs> when the black and he's like, yeah, he's like screaming out the lyrics. And then the, the guy selling flowers walks up to his window and he locks the door and his voice goes like down to nothing. This and then the guy, walks, guy is rapping. <laughs> yeah. So good. And then he gets far enough away again and like nothing ever happened. His volume goes way up and he starts like getting back into character. I rewatched that. I was, oh my God, I was dying. But the this is kind of like you know the obvious choice but my favorite scene is the damn it feels good to be a gangster sequence everything from so it's basically peter like living his best life now that he's had that breakthrough with his hip hypnotherapist is that the word or hypnotist hypnotherapist it's hypnotherapy that's what that's what okay yeah that's what i was so after he had that breakthrough him just like couldn't not a care in the world stealing bill's park is basically you just talked about and then Bill parks in the handicap spot and gets his car towed. 
he's watching Kung Fu movies with Jennifer Aniston, fishing with Jennifer Aniston, showing up to work like late, wearing shorts, knocking down his cubicle wall so he can have a better playing view. Tetris. Just <laughs> playing Tetris, yeah, just living the life. That that was my favorite scene, and it it was also it was a the what made that scene amazing was the combination of what he was doing with damn it feels good to be a gangster playing in the background that way it was just it was the, per- the perfect the perfect mix um do you have anything written down for the soundtrack speaking of damn it feels good to be a gangster so the soundtrack to this film has become almost as much as a class of a classic as the film has not a lot of songs that played during the movie the actual soundtrack has 12 tracks on it but the ones that do hit hard the biggest get a boys damn it feels damn it feels good to be a gangster playing when the three of them are smashing the printer is the most famous scene yep yeah i agree that it's there's a ton of good stuff like bismarcky ice cube scarface like i just mentioned but the soundtrack is damn it feels good to be a gangster by the ghetto boys it's it's that and and everything else but everything but the other stuff is really good it is, it is. it's just that that scene is is so perfect um all right so what did you have? I'm curious about this one. What did you have written down for if you could change anything for Office Space? I really wish Pierre didn't have his life-changing hypnotherapy session until a little later. Some of my favorite scenes and ones that the regular person can relate to and laugh at are the ones where he and his friends hate their corporate job. I know we'd move the plot along eventually, but I wish we saw a version of Everyday Peter just a little bit longer, the role of him being walked on. Because again, I thought the rest of the movie was obviously funny. But I thought the scenes that were just like, oh, my God, I've experienced that. I've been that person were all in like the first five or ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and well, I'll ask you to get that done. Would you want to extend the movie or would you want to like, would you rather this be an hour and 45 minute movie with more of that? Or would you rather trim some of the post hip I think the whole hypnotherapy scene in general, maybe something happens at work where that kind of makes him think about differently. Like maybe someone dies at work or something and then he like triggers that way. I think like if it all, if we saw more office Peter, I like and that. maybe something at the office like triggers him almost like not, not a separate session, but something office related. Like, yeah, I like that. So say, say the movie was the exact same thing, except his, hypnotherapist wasn't a hypnotherapist he was like a co-worker yeah. and it was like oh mike's worked here for you know 35 years and he's never called out sick and whatever and then he'd i like that yeah or yeah. like like he said like we saw we saw the guy get in a car accident maybe that's the point like that triggers it all or something like that where you don't yeah. have a, you, you might not have tomorrow and like that was his breaking point but yeah, i didn't think of that that's a good idea never thought about that um you're, you're if you could change one thing is better than mine but um what i wrote down is and this this is kind of a reach because i don't um i don't think office space really needs to change anything but um jennifer anderson as joanna seemed a little bit off to me and i don't know if they needed her name to sell the film or to put on the billboard at the time or or something like that but i think it was kind of a small role. So I would have either liked to see it played by a more up and coming actress who didn't, you know, who you could kind of invest more in, or if you're going to use Jennifer Aniston, use her more. Although, and this isn't a knock on Jennifer Aniston. I don't, I think Jennifer Aniston's best movie role was horrible bosses, which is kind of a similar, but when she's not Rachel, when she's like that, I don't know what the PC way to say is. She's that freaky deaky, 
dentist in Horrible Bosses. I think that was the best she's ever done in, on film because it was so different. But in this movie, I was just like, I feel like you could have got it done with someone else. I don't know. And Who'd then you, Who did you say was going to play her originally or who was considered for the role originally? Oh, Kate Hudson, I think. Do you think she'd do it better out of curiosity or? Um, I don't know. I think probably, maybe, I mean, I think Kate Hudson's a little bit better actress than Jennifer Hudson and then uh, Jennifer Hudson, in my opinion. But I, I think you kind of run into the same problem where you're, I would have rather them use like uh, someone who wasn't big yet. And, and it would just, I love those movies where actor or actress, someone comes into like your life and you're like, oh my God, that guy's hilarious, you know? And then you didn't see it coming. That would have been a, like, um, Cat Dennings and Superbad. Yeah. And she okay. plays, oh, not Superbad, um, yeah. 40 Year Old Virgin. 40 yeah. Year Old Virgin. When she plays the daughter in 40 Year Old Virgin, and it's like a small role, but she's hilarious in, you know, in her, yeah, something like that. And I know she had done other stuff before that, but also tied to the Jennifer Anderson thing, the whole thing about Peter being mad about who Joanna slept with and, and everything. I didn't, I didn't like that whole thing. And, um, A, because, it was kind of a number of reasons, bad move by Peter for a number of reasons. One, it's shitty to treat her like that. But then two, why would you piss off your girlfriend or whatever they were? And at the same time, remind her that she knows your boss, or at least at the time he thought they were talking about the same person, the boss, right after you told her about your plan to rob the company. Like it was, it was dumb on a few levels. I was like, a leave her alone and then b you're an idiot you're gonna go to jail because you you're gonna make her mad and then she's gonna call some guy and it's not good for you so <laughs> but that's all again I'm, I'm reaching for stuff but i like yours i like the idea of getting rid of the hypno stuff and just making it like more of a realistic realization yeah exactly like I, I think all the office scenes for just the best part of the movie yeah. no, i agree so um if you listen to the podcast before you know, um, we rate movies on a scale of one to five, and this is the time where we'll give our score. One to five, would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is uh, no, you're not going to pay a late fee. You're going to return it before Peter even has his life-changing uh, hypnotherapy session and and gets a new lease on life. All the way up to five, where you're going to keep the movie an extra day or two or three to watch again, maybe have a friend over to watch it and show it to them. You'll pay the late fee. Maybe even just buy it from the rental store. You don't care. So it's my pick. Joe's going to go first. Joe, what's your score for Office Space? I gave it a four. Um, so Office Space is another example of films that do bad in the box office, but become so much bigger over time with some great word of mouth. And it's become the movie that so many nine to five employees can relate to. This film is just as funny, maybe even funnier to me as an adult who understands it a little more and sees just how ridiculous people who run companies can be because it's pretty accurate. It's, it, the whole film in general is perfectly cast, has a great soundtrack, and the humor is spot on. I agree, yeah. I think this movie's timeless. All jobs have a certain monotony, monotony and, I, and I think that that's the great thing, is this movie focuses around the office environment, but they also you also kind of get an idea of, of what Joanna and Jennifer Aniston's character is dealing with in the restaurant industry. And I know I have friends that work in trades and they get sick of doing the same right, thing yeah. every day. So it's kind of like, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, the repetition, like you said, is just great. Even to the little details, like him opening up the office door and getting that shock every time. So it's like that, even that small detail of yep. the repetition he deals with every day was perfect. 
And I think that that's part of like being an adult and a thing that you have to deal with is, you know, you, there's going to be some part of that. Some jobs are more boring than others, but you're going to have some sort of like a lot of your day is going to be the same sometimes. And that's the way it is. So I just think this film super relatable. I also gave it a four out of five. I really, really enjoyed rewatching it. Tough to think of a better way to spend 90 minutes. Honestly, I, I, I remembered all the quotable scenes and like, you remember like the damn, it feels good to be a gangster scene and the smashing up the printer and a few other scenes, but I kind of forgot about some of the stuff in between that was so good. And um, I, I, I was, I, I knew I was going to like this movie, but I almost liked it. I, re- I liked it more than I remembered liking it. I think once you've lived the adult life a little bit, so big fan. Um, the beer, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday from Exhibit A. Very good, strong beer, but again, very good and like a sweet beer. So it was interesting. So um, thank you guys from, thank you, Exhibit uh, A for, for that. That was delicious. Um, follow us on Instagram. We're at the late fee. Feel free to send a suggestion. Brian, you scrub. We're still waiting on your suggestion. Um, we'll be back next week. And uh, it's Joe's pick unless someone cuts in front of him. So Joe, what are you picking for our next movie? I don't, I don't know this either. Joe hasn't told me. So we're going to be watching the 1993 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic action film, Last Action Hero. All right. That, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's, that's going to be an interesting pick for me because, or an interesting movie for me to rewatch because I'm not as much of an Arnold fan as most people my age. That doesn't mean I don't like him. It just means that I don't, I, I, I don't like, I don't love them like some people do. So I'll, I'll, that's interesting. It'd be good to watch. The reason why I picked it, which I'll talk about next time, is it's getting a 4K release pretty soon, which is kind of cool. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with Last Action Hero, unless someone cuts in front and messages us, and, uh, and then we'll have to push it back a little bit. But other than that, thank you guys very much for listening, and have a good night. As always, guys, thank you.